0: Hello, welcome to the St Paul's podcast, where you'll find talks from our Sunday services. For more information, feel free to check out our website, stpauls.co.uk. Thank you. Happy Easter. This is exciting and also really different. Do we like it? Do we like it like this? Yes? Yes. Excellent. We like it like this. It's cosy. If you can't see me, I apologise You have to look at my back. Um, So anyone like a jigsaw puzzle? Do I have any jigsaw puzzle fans out there? Uh, I started a brand new one uh, last week, a 500-piece Disney-themed one. Yes, it is technically my children's, but I stole it. Um, And across a couple of days, it was spread across the dining table, and little pockets of the day were spent finding pieces to slot together. My two children were not particularly interested to join me at the beginning, but when they started to see part of the big picture coming together, it grabbed their attention and they started to add to it. And it came to the last few pieces uh, and the excited squeals from the kids uh, and the anticipation of the puzzle being finished were high and to much disappointment, the last piece was missing. I know. We searched in the box, on the table, on the floor, in the hallway, it was nowhere to be found. And then on Monday, we went to Box Hill to meet some friends and follow an Easter trail. And when we got there, it became obvious that this year there was no Easter part of the nature trail. Um, There was no map, no bunnies to find, and especially no Easter egg at the end so today is significant in the lives of jesus followers because it's easter sunday it's resurrection sunday the day we give to celebrating that after jesus was arrested and beaten crucified and buried in a tomb he rose from the dead and it made me think the puzzle without the final piece and the easter trail with no egg is like Jesus' life without the resurrection, like having tea without cake, a joke without a punchline, or even the World Cup without a winner, dare I say. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, our faith is hopeless. But we have good news tonight. The resurrection is truth. It is hugely significant, and we can be filled with hope because it actually happened. It's not just a nice story we read, particularly at this time of year, or a good storyline for a moving film. As followers of Jesus, the resurrection is integral to our lives. So by the time you leave here tonight and get home for your leftover roast lamb or more of your Easter eggs, I pray you have a new revelation of what significance and power Jesus' resurrection has on your life today. So let's look look at Luke 24. This is where one of Jesus' close followers writes about the resurrection. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of Joseph, of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. God's people spent centuries living under the oppression of empires, waiting for him to rescue them and set the world straight. Finally, God seems to begin that work. Jesus arrives, proclaims that God's kingdom is finally coming through him, and people are convinced. They put their hope in Jesus, their dreams in him, their expectations for their nation, for their salvation and their freedom, but then the authorities kill him, and they watch who they thought was their Messiah, the one to rescue them, get crucified and buried in a tomb. And then these women arrive at the tomb and see the stone rolled away and an angel tell them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. What must have been going through their minds at that moment? Could this possibly be happening? And there are many lines of thought about the resurrection, like Jesus had a twin, His body was switched, he wasn't actually dead, even though the Romans were experts at killing people, and it was all a hoax. The disciples' lives were changed forever, and they gave their lives to follow Jesus because of the resurrection. So I'm going to show you a silly video that just demonstrates the stupidity of this being a hoax. I need 100% participation for this to work. Yeah, everyone's here. All 12, 11, 11 of us. Uh, What's the plan? Well, as you know, Jesus is dead. But stick with me, stick with me, okay? Stick with me. I have a plan. We are going to steal his body. (laughs) Okay, okay, I'm tracking with you. What's next? And then... We're going to tell the whole world that he rose from the dead. Oh, okay. oh you know I'm in. <laughs> I love it already. <laughs> all right, classic, classic. Then what? And then we're all going to get brutally murdered. Oh! <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Come again, come again. Could you go over that last part real, real quick? Oh, so what? We get murdered. What's the problem? Uh... I, I like it. I like it. I mean, don't don't get me wrong, Pete. I love me a good hoax as much as the next guy, right? Right? Uh, oh, what's in it for us? Do we all get riches, fame, and fortune first, right? No, no. Get this. You're going to be hated, hated. persecuted, and reviled for the rest of your life. Oh! Oh! Fellas, fellas, look, uh, I've got to be missing something here, right? Okay, I mean, why on earth would we do this? If Jesus is risen, then he is more than just a teacher. He is more than just a prophet. He is more than just a good example. He is Israel's Messiah, which means that Jesus is the true king of the nations. His kingdom will one be one of peace, of freedom for all people, and it will have no end. So if this wasn't a hoax, how was Jesus' disciples supposed to understand what had happened? As I mentioned, they were looking for a Messiah to save them from Roman oppression they thought jesus would conquer and rule like earthly kings and empires they had seen his miracles signs and wonders and they followed his teaching jesus death wasn't expected there wasn't a single one of them that could see this outcome or understand at the time what it meant but jesus had actually explained this to them and we see that a couple of chapters before in luke 22 when he broke bread and shared wine with them. So Passover is the act of remembrance of how God had delivered Israel out of captivity. In Exodus, we read how the Jewish people followed God's instructions to sacrifice a lamb without blemish, spread its blood on the doorposts of Jewish homes as a sign for God to pass over those homes when sending a plague to the Egyptians. They also roasted the lamb and ate it with bitter herbs, a sacrifice and a meal. That act of obedience spared the Jewish people's firstborn sons from the final plague. The blood of the Passover lamb protected the Israelites. And in the same way, the blood of Jesus finally, fully and completely swallows up sin and death and sets us free. So on that last supper, before Jesus went to the cross, instead of speaking from Exodus 12 or talking about the Israelites sacrificing a lamb in Egypt, he did something different. He says in Luke and he took bread gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying this is my body given for you do this in remembrance of me in the same way after the supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you By saying these words, Jesus claimed something about himself that would shift how his followers saw Passover. He called himself the Passover lamb. He was the ultimate sacrifice for all. Just as Moses and the Israelites were brought out from slavery into freedom, they were brought out to worship God and to the future hope of the promised land we've been brought out of bondage of sin and death we've been redeemed and set free so that we too can worship him through our lives and look to the future ultimate restoration and redemption of all things in the new creation i, I grew up playing ding bats with my family a classic tan family game um is anyone else out there a dingbat fan? Or am I alone? No, just no one play dingbat. Yes, come on, enthusiastically. Yes, okay, thank you. Uh the youth probably don't know what dingbats is, but we're gonna do it. So let's try a few, okay? Let's see if you can do this. Just shout what you think is the phrase. Head over heels, Head over heels. I'm so kind, this is so easy. The next one. High in the sky. Okay, now let's try a slightly harder one, maybe. Any ideas? Wow, stunned into silence. Do you want the answer? Turn one's back. Oh, okay, now a really cheesy one because we're in church after all. Daily bread. bread. Yeah, I love that one. I thought it was great. Uh, Feel free to Google more um, Bible dingbats. I had a lot of fun doing that. Um, The answer is right there in front of us, but sometimes we just can't see it. And it was like that with the disciples. Jesus told them he was the Passover lamb, that he would be the ultimate sacrifice, but at the time they couldn't see it. So although this wasn't the victory the disciples expected, it was and is the biggest victory of all. Jesus is risen means the powers of darkness have been given an eviction notice. The kingdom of heaven is at hand and it's coming. There's a new covenant and a new exodus from slavery of sin and death. Jesus is risen means the enemy and all the powers of darkness are on a clock. Their time is running out. Jesus is risen means that there is a new creation and it has begun. It started with his resurrection, but that is not the end. Jesus is risen means kingdoms, nations, empires, injustice, human trafficking, evil, racism, sickness, poverty, cancer, fear, anxiety, suffering, the enemy, and whatever else you want to fill in the blank is coming to an end. The challenge is we live in the now and the not yet, sometimes also referred to as the already and the not yet. Just like the exodus from Egypt and the hope of the promised land, the Israelites weren't there for another 40 years. In May last year, I got on a plane to Singapore and managed to say my goodbye to my sweet grandpa of 94. And exactly a month later, my lovely father-in-law also passed away. Both lives that ended unexpectedly, both lives that lived with Jesus at the center. And we celebrated these men of faith with close family and friends. And on those separate occasions on either ends of the globe, I was reminded that we live in the in-between where sadness and joy are held in the same space, where laughing and lamenting linger, where certainty and confusion collide. Jesus, he overcame death and all its friends, but in the now, we still experience pain and suffering. We still have to say goodbye to loved ones, struggle with our own brokenness and that of the human condition, but we await with hope the not yet, the day of Jesus' return where the world and humanity will be remade because the world is good. Your body is good. Time, matter, space, food, drink, mountains, oceans, it's all good, it's all God's creation. One day he's not going to just throw it and scrap it and start over. He's going to renew and remake and reshape it back into the image he intended. Tom Wright puts it, what you do in the present by painting, preaching, singing, sewing, praying, teaching, building hospitals, digging wells, campaigning for justice, writing poems, caring for the needy, loving your neighbour as yourself will last into God's future. These activities are not simply ways of making the present life a little less beastly, a little more bearable until the day when we leave it all behind altogether. They are part of what we may call building for God's kingdom we have a risen Jesus he is alive and through his spirit we can experience glimpses of the new creation that is to come one of my amazing young people Abby uh, I asked her if she wouldn't mind me sharing some of her story so she's not here at the moment uh, but here is her story so she writes this i've been part of this church for seven months and have found such joy from serving in youth in the worship band on sundays i often find myself being consumed by the love of god when i worship him i open myself up to his love and become my most raw vulnerable self there is a comfort and safety i feel when i praise and worship him as i can just allow myself to be secure in his presence and let every other thought pass by I have found that being at St. Paul's has strengthened my relationship with Jesus. I trust him with decisions that I need to make, and I have found myself more thankful for the small and consistent ways that he works throughout my life on a daily basis. He has been answering so many prayers and has been keeping me so stable in my relationship with him, even when I falter or doubt. Putting Jesus at the center of my life more and more i've seen the beautiful ways in which he works when i trust in him even if it isn't my way praise the lord and amen isn't that so encouraging we see healing breakthrough freedom from depression marriages restored people experiencing the love and the grace of jesus new creation is coming jesus resurrection is more than an event we celebrate once a year It's a person we get to walk with every day. It's a power that lives in us. If we live in him, it's a miracle that becomes a mindset. Resurrection is who he is. Jesus doesn't have what you need. Jesus is what you need. He is the light for your darkest hour, bread when your spirit is malnourished and living water for your thirsty soul. He is the peace you crave and the joy you seek. So as we come to eat the bread and drink the wine this evening, let us come in light of the resurrection and all that it means for us. Not only the sacrifice and death on the cross, but the new life and victory over death, the deliverance from sin and the freedom that we have been given. And of course, the hope of what is to come. As we come to the table this evening, remember the lamb that shed his blood for you, that he is alive and he reigns today. He is victorious and we come to meet with him. Today is a celebration of the victory he has won. So as we prepare to take communion, Can I ask you guys to stand? And we're gonna make a really big, simple family circle to take our communion. So if you, those of you on the floor, on the back row here, if you stay there, and then everybody else can join in a big circle going all the way around. You can go up over the stage and back round but join up because we wanna celebrate, we wanna take communion together, seeing each other's beautiful faces. So let's go for it. This is cool. I won't take credit, it was Nico's idea. (laughs) Everyone in? Almost. Tuck, tuck, tuck. Get close, nice and snug. Those are space on that stage. Uh, keep going keep going because there's definitely cramped over here amazing so i just want to end by sharing a quote from philip yancey this table is different it isn't where sinners find christ but where sons and daughters celebrate being found maybe someday instead of solemnly making our way to the tables We should dance for joy. Maybe we should sing every born again song we know. Maybe we should tell our homecoming stories and laugh like people who no longer fear death. Maybe we should ask if anyone wants seconds and hold our little cups high to toast lost sinners found and dead brothers and sisters alive. So let's come and celebrate together. Amen. Amen. So what are we going to do?